Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It's Steph. We're back into podcast land, my friends, and I thank you so much for your patience during the sort of paucity of podcasts over the last little while. I have completed, of course, On Truth, The Tyranny of Illusion, available from 1195 upward, and UPB, A Rational Proof of Secular Morality, which is 1395 plus. And now, the 604-page magnificent novel, The God of Atheists, is available for you, print and PDF from 1695 up. So, I hope that you will drop by and pick these things up. I'm keeping the audiobook of The God of Atheists for donators. That's just a little a little goodie for those who donate 100 bucks or more. So, um, I guess a short one and then a long one. This is um, pretty funny. Um, Tuesday, October the 23rd in the Toronto Star, which is something, I don't read the newspaper, but this was handed to me with my breakfast. And um, it says here uh, that we have a budget uh, in Toronto, which is in New York North. We have a budget issue. There's been a three-month delay, days, debates, crisis, everyone and their dog weighing in, every special interest group weighing in on the massive rape of tax increases and taxation. And there is um, uh, this, this guy, David Miller, he came to office pledging no new taxes. See, this is the social contract that people just don't understand. The social contract is, uh, is this guy uh, ran on the platform of no new taxes while already knowing that the city was almost a half a billion dollars in a deficit for one year, for a single year. For a single year. The year that was coming up, it was already half a billion dollars. This is a city. Not a country, not a province, a city. Half a billion dollars in the, um, in the red. Just for one year, a deficit. Not even counting all of the taxes. Uh, sorry, all of the, um, all of the uh, stuff that's been accumulated in terms of uh, uh, deficits and debt. And he went on no taxes. No, no uh, new tax increases and no cuts on spending. And, of course, he knew it was a half a billion dollars in the red. So, of course, impossible, right? Absolutely impossible for any of this to occur. So there's a couple of choice quotes that occur. And um, uh, the first is that David uh, Miller, who is the um, who is the mayor, he said, <laughs> when passing this 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 massive rape of, of tax increases, he said, "We we finally ended the falsehood that you can have a great city for free." Isn't that wonderful? We finally ended the falsehood that you can have a great city for free. Now, taxes in Toronto, as is everywhere else, have just doubled, tripled, quadrupled over the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So taxpayers are already being raped and pillaged in ever-escalating uh, a sequence of, of tax increases. And this guy says, we finally ended the falsehood that you can have a great city for free. Isn't that just psychological genius? I mean, these people are not amateurs. They're not stupid. It's just brilliant. Because what he's saying here is we finally ended the falsehood that you can have a great city for free. Nobody, of course, has ever suggested that you can have anything, something for nothing. Um, the tax increases have been enormous over the past couple of decades. It's the donutting the city, right, where people just flee the inner city to the suburbs because the taxes are so high. And... The amazing thing about this sentence, we finally entered the falsehood that you can have a great city for free, is that this ass-clown politician is accusing the citizens of wanting something for nothing. 
this politician is accusing the citizens of freeloading. Isn't that astounding? I mean, psychologically, you could write a PhD thesis on the projection involved in this statement. We finally ended the falsehood that you can get something for nothing. You freeloading taxpayers who've had their taxes jacked up with no increase in service. In fact, the roads are worse. As, as is always the case, when the government increases its budget, everything gets worse, right? The schools are worse. The roads are worse. There's uh, problems with the sewage. We've got electricity failures. So he's basically saying, you freeloaders, you want something for nothing. This politician who takes ever-increasing amounts of money at the point of a gun, who openly lies to get into office and promises no new taxes while being perfectly aware of a massive shortfall. And, of course, that there's no way that these guys are going to give, give up their perks and pensions and all that or take on any of the public sector unions. He says, we finally ended the falsehood that you can have a great city for free. You know, reality has struck and you freeloading taxpayers are now going to actually finally have to pay. So that's one, uh, one thing here. Um, two other, three other quotes. The one uh, is that this woman, Councillor Karen Stintz, on the land transfer tax. Uh, people are just getting pillaged, right? I mean, uh, land transfer taxes uh, go from, what is it, 275 to $45,000 every time you now transfer a uh, piece of property, uh, you just get uh, pillaged in terms of what you have to pay. There's a new vehicle tax. There's uh, uh, all of this sort of stuff. And uh, this woman, Councillor Karen Stint, says, The debate we, are, we need to have is how we are going to engage every citizen in this city and say, What is your contribution going to be? This is a narrow tax that is unfair. Right? Just Isn't this wonderful? It's just beautiful. The debate we need to have says Miss Kay, is how we are going to engage every citizen in the city and say, what is your contribution going to be? This is a narrow tax that is unfair. Right, so, I mean, just, just the equivalent would be a white slave ring, right? Grab citizens off the street and put them into these rape camps uh, for a decade or two. And then say, with regards to these rape victims... The debate we need to have is how we are going to engage all of these uh, rape victims uh, in the harem and say, what is your contribution going to be? We shouldn't just rape a few of the prettier ones. But what about the other ones who aren't as pretty who also should get raped? What is their contribution going to be? Just amazing. Uh, And then John Cartwright says, Today, what I thought we saw was the people of Toronto saying, this is the kind of city we want, and we want to invest in Toronto. And we want to invest in Toronto. Or it's again, it's a mafia guy comes to your um, and says, you know, uh, if you comes to your store and says, hey, we'll burn this goddamn thing down unless you pay us $1,000 a month in protection money. And then uh, puts out a press release when a bunch of people pay up at the point of a gun and say, well, you know, people want to invest in the mafia. This is the kind of mafia we want, and we want to invest in the mafia. No mention of the threats of uh, murder and the threats of rape. Because, of course, people get thrown in jail for tax evasion. They end up getting raped, right? Threats of murder and rape. Not mentioned. Do you see how amazingly these people understand that voluntarism is virtue? Right? No, nobody disagrees with us. Nobody disagrees with us. And uh, here... Uh, this guy says, Von Palmer, the Toronto Real Estate Board, of course, these are the guys who are going to get hosed by these land transfer taxes. 
says, I, uh, says, It is disappointing that some councillors have chosen to go against the public's wishes. But, but what consequence? What, what, disappointing? Disappointing? Oh, what a guardian of rights this guy is. And this guy, Councillor John Fillion, who voted in favor of both taxes, says, I envy the person who can get through this debate without wanting to throw up. Right? I mean, this is self-pity, right? I mean, <laughs> see, the problem isn't that hundreds of dollars a, a year is being stolen from people at gunpoint more, but uh, the problem is that he feels nauseous, right? See, that's, that's the issue. He feels nauseous, and that's what we should really uh, focus on, and uh, not the fact that, you know, staggering amounts of violence are occurring. And, of course, these guys have all the perks on the planet, and they won't uh, give up any of the perks. And uh, Mayor Miller, who just sounds like a primo asshole, a primo asshole, this is what he said. <laughs> I mean, I love this kind of stuff. So it says here, Citizens have said repeatedly over the past three months that they want city councillors to cut perks and office budgets and impose some in-house belt tightening before imposing new and higher taxes. But yesterday, all motions recommending that this were consistently ruled out of order, preventing them from getting a vote. Stunningly, the mayor's most passionate moment came in defending the perks, calling attempts to cut them offensive. <laughs> it's offensive. To call the things like their office budget, which allows them to communicate with people a perk, is really unworthy of any member of council. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Uh... Councillor Rob Ford rushed in to capitalize on this. He invited citizens to go to robford.ca, robford.ca, and see the details of what councillors spend their office budgets on and conclude if these are essentials, as the mayor says. So, for example, wine, beer, liquor, raffle tickets, trips aboard, abroad, donations to hockey teams, office furniture, rabbit costumes, hardly essential spending. It would have taken much to spend the right, send the right message. To, it wouldn't have taken much to send the right message to citizens. A 10% cut in their office expenses of 53,000 each would have yielded 234,000. But of course, they had to take 160,000 dollars from Mastercard to keep skating rinks open. And this guy says, "I've tried to reduce cost of time around here, but it's like taking milk away from a baby." Ford says, "All you hear is crying and crying and crying." And isn't that amazing? He says, to call these things like this office budget, which allows them to communicate with the people, a perk is unworthy and offensive. See, here, his high moral dudgeon comes into play. It is unworthy and offensive to take away my wine and trips abroad and raffle tickets and bunny suits and all this kind of crap. That, you see, is utterly offensive because it allows him to communicate with the people. Now, of course, his quote, communication with the people, has hitherto been pretty much limited to lying to them and then raising taxes, right? Lying to them and raising taxes. But see, this, I mean, this is going to make people angry. I sort of, I understand that. It's going to make you angry. But my God, people, look at the plus. Look at the plus. They're still using our language. That's an amazing, amazing bonus. What I might dare term a heady benefit. A heady benefit. They're still using our language. Invest. You can't get something for nothing. We want to find ways to consult with the people to figure out what kind of city they... You've got to listen to the people, find out what kind of city they really want. It's a contract. It's voluntary. You've got to pay for things. It's, it's participatory. It's democracy, right? That's, that's a good sign. 
that's a good see you <laughs> you don't want to get to the place in politics where it's just like fuck them fuck you we could raise your taxes like once you take the veneer off the gun then you're totally screwed like once you get to fascism or nazism or communism where it's like you're an enemy of the people like fuck debate we're just throwing you in a gulag right that that is not a good place to be right the fact that they're still using the language of ANCAP and, and DROs and voluntarism and this and that's a that's a good sign. That's a great sign. That is a sign to give an enormous amount of hope. I mean, of course they're completely sick and of course they're you mean you just you just wanna uh, just do horrible things to them. But um but they still do of course use the language and that's that's very important. They use the language of voluntarism. And again, enormous amount of relief for us for that because it is not uh, of course impossible and seems almost inevitable unless we continue to do the work that we're doing it does seem almost inevitable that they will no longer at some point decide to use the language of uh, investment and participation and so on but you just you have to love this kind of projection right that the guy who's the head of the mafia who's uh, ripping off and threatening and with jail and rape all the people who disagree with him uh, saying that, uh, and, and of course, who takes all of his money at gunpoint, right? His paycheck, his expense account, his benefits, his perks, his pension, his, his, uh, every, his uh, everything under the sun. He takes all of his stuff at gunpoint and then has the nerve to say to people, well, we're finally ending the fiction that you can get something for nothing. Um, you just have to, I mean, you're either going to cry or you're going to laugh, and I suggest that you laugh. And of course, also be relieved that the language of voluntarism is still the core of the debate because that is the crowbar that we can use to help open some people's minds. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to have a short one and then a longer one in a bit when I get to the woods and have my walk. <laughs>